Welcome to the ISA Harbour Views podcast, a series bringing you conversations with researchers and tree care experts about current issues in arboriculture. I'm Mark Hartley, your host on this episode of Arbor Views. Today our guest is Dr. Jo- Justin Morganroth. Justin, um, yes, thanks. thanks. You're, you're from New Zealand, but you don't sound to be from New Zealand. No, no, I guess in conversations that we've had, you picked up on the fact my accent isn't the, uh, the traditional Kiwi accent. I, uh, I hail from southern Ontario, a little city called Sarnia, uh, which is in Canada. Uh, moved over to New Zealand about five years ago to pursue a PhD, and uh, now I'm lecturing at the University of Canterbury in Christchurch. And um, you're involved in forestry in, in that capacity? Is that cutting down trees, or what are you doing there? Uh, I, I've got sort of a, a, a dual role. Uh, a lot of the lecturing that I do is in geospatial technologies, so trying to use uh, GIS and remote sensing and GPS to improve forest management. Um, so that's uh, one part of my role. The other part of my role, more uh, what I research, is involved with urban forestry. Uh, I'm the only, uh, as far as I know, the only staff member at the School of Forestry who's involved in, in uh, non-production forestry. And I understand you've been doing some research on porous pavements over the last couple of years. What have you? Or oh, first of all, what is a porous pavement? Right. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So, so uh, five years ago, when I moved to New Zealand, um, I showed up to speak with my uh, my supervisor, who's actually uh, uh, an Australian chap by the name of Roger Sands. He's now retired in Melbourne. Um, and uh, Roger asked me what I wanted to do, what I wanted to study, and I told them uh, that I, I had a keen interest in how trees and pavements interacted, and. Um, and through various discussions, we came upon a topic uh, where I'd look at uh, the similarities and dissimilarities between uh, porous and impervious pavements. So uh, I guess just to answer your question about what is a porous pavement, there are, there are a number of different definitions, um, but one thing that it's not is permeable pavement. So it's, it's porous pavement isn't block pavers or bricks or, um, or things like that. It's, it's sort of a monolithic construction of uh, of stones and sand uh, and cement paste or some sort of other binder. Okay, so um, these these um, products, you're looking at them for what purpose? What's the, the relevance for us as arborists? Right, right. Well, I suppose in, in urban areas there's a, there's a natural tendency to replace green with grey, to replace, uh, imp- or to replace uh, porous surfaces, so natural soils, uh, grassy areas, um, to replace those with, with more durable wearing surfaces, so uh, paved surfaces, I suppose. And that's certainly prevalent in, in the, the densely built-up urban cores. Um, and it's a necessary transition. It's absolutely needed for, uh, to support vehicular traffic, even pedestrian traffic. So uh, uh, impervious pavements and buildings and things like this have this, uh, have this reputation of being poor for urban tree growth. And, um, and, and since one of my interests is uh, improving tree growth in urban areas, I thought that porous pavements um, uh, might be a good thing to look into. So you've looked into them now. What we're curious to know is what have you found out? Right. Well, uh, the, the, the sort of more familiar I become with porous pavements, uh, the more I'm convinced that they, they do have a role, uh, a very important role in uh, improving soil conditions for urban tree growth. Uh, one of the major findings that I've come up with is this idea that uh, I suppose all pavements, uh, whether they're porous or impervious, almost behave like a mulch. They prevent evaporation uh, uh, of soil moisture. 
So you could compare it to sort of lava rocks or, or, or even a wood, wood bark mulch. It, it just it, it prevents uh, uh, solar radiation from evaporating soil moisture. So, so that's, that's one important finding. But, but what differentiates porous from impervious pavement is this ability to let water through um, uh, quickly. And that's really important towards um, the end of summer. So uh, one, of the, one of the conclusions that I came up with was that uh, soil moisture throughout the summer decreased slowly um, beneath both pavement types, uh, impervious and, and porous. And at the end of summer, uh, when the trees were, uh, were struggling with, with drought, uh, there was a brief um, period of rain, and it wasn't a lot of rain, um, something on the scale of 10 millimeters over the course of a few days. Um, so in the impervious pavement treatments, that rain didn't even reflect in the soil. The, the, the soil basically didn't even see it, it just ran off the surface. But in the porous pavements, that little bit of rain, that 10 mil of rain, did get down into the soil and increased uh, soil moisture percentage on the scale of 5 to 10 percent. So it took soil moisture from a point where it was near the permanent wilting point and it raised it um, uh, up towards field capacity, which is an amazing um, uh, boost to, uh, to trees at the end of a growing season. So is it making other effects in terms of um, movement of air, movement of microorganisms, nutrients, those sort of things? Are we seeing other benefits of using a porous pavement? Yes, certainly. Um, I think that any time you talk about uh, a pavement affecting soil moisture, you have to also look at the other side of things, which is soil air. Moisture and air are, are, are related sort of uh, inversely, I suppose. So uh, more moisture in a soil, less air, and, um, and, and vice versa. So what I found was that during the springtime when the soil was wet, so winter and spring when soil was wet anyhow, there was absolutely no difference in soil oxygen um, between porous and impervious pavement. Um, during the summertime, mind you, when the soil was, was uh, slightly drier, you ended up having greater aeration beneath porous pavements than, than uh, beneath impervious pavements. Excellent. And, and how about in terms of things like pH? Are we seeing right. any difference with pH at all? Or? Yes, yeah, yeah. That's a really interesting one, actually. Um, this was something that I hadn't even really considered, but then uh, at, a, at a conference a few years back, uh, one, of, uh, one of the delegates had mentioned that perhaps I should consider looking into uh, the effect of concrete uh, pavement on the underlying soil pH. And, and I, I didn't really understand why at the time, but he suggested that it's essentially like liming the soil. So if you take, uh, if you take agricultural lime and you apply it to the soil, um, uh, you're applying uh, calcium to the soil. And because uh, calcium carbonate is one of the main proponents of, uh, of cement paste, um, when uh, water percolates through a porous pavement, it, it, it drags or it leaches some of, the, uh, some of the calcium down into the soil, so effectively liming the soil beneath your pavement. Um, at my experiment site where we had sort of moderately acidic soils, the addition of calcium to those soils from the pavement actually brought the, the soil pH up towards neutral, um, which is uh, typically a good thing for uh, nutrient uptake by plants. Now, I suppose you could look at it the other way. So if you had an already neutral or alkaline soil um, and, and you were to add uh, more calcium cations to it, 
you might actually render the soil too, uh, too, too alkaline, in which case you're, uh, you're, you're probably going to predispose plants to micronutrient deficiencies. We could end up with lime chlorosis and things yeah, like that. that's right. That's and, right. And so there are porous pavements that don't involve um, lime at all. So you could select a, a pavement again, understanding the soil chemistry. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. And I think that... that um, sort of highlights one of the important uh, aspects of porous pavement. Porous pavement isn't sort of a magic bullet. It's not a cure-all. You have to really think whether the porous pavement uh, is going to be the right uh, solution to your problem. You have to understand your soil. If your soil is going to be highly compacted, if your soil is already alkaline, if your soil um, uh, is clay, uh, these are all things that you need to consider before uh, selecting for choosing porous pavement. And how do we as arborists start to investigate this? I mean... Porous pavements have been around for a while. Um, how do we make good, intelligent decisions? Who do we go see? How do we make those sort of decisions? Yeah, well, I, I suppose the first thing is just to be observant, and I imagine that um, uh, that uh, arborists, being um, people sort of who are most engaged with trees, are inherently observant. So, uh, noticing things like uh, uh, changes in leaf color, changes in leaf size, um, uh, just general uh, uh, health problems or, or deficiencies, um, that, that's probably a good first step in, in noticing whether um, pavements are affecting a tree. Uh, the next thing to try to understand is what type, of, um, what type of pavement is being used at the site, whether it's an impervious pavement or a porous pavement or a block paver, whether it's uh, uh, you know, cement-based or asphaltic. Um, and then the final thing to try to understand is what the soil type is, and, and that's the difficult one. Um, it's obviously below the pavement. Um, it's highly unlikely that arborists will have the chance to, um, to sort of dig up that pavement and have a look. Um, so realistically, uh, the only thing that arborists can do is keep their eye on the above ground um, uh, tree growth and health, and, uh, and that will often be a good indicator as to what, uh, what's happening below ground. Justin, thanks heaps for that information. I'm sure our listeners will really enjoy uh, putting that into practice.